you like that technical foul call? Why? It's construed as disrespectful for the official. The sun is shining, the grass is green, and guess what's for breakfast? The rest of the Pacific decision. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Marco. Welcome to the JVG NBA Tribute Show. I'm here with Lucas. Uh, I am your co-host Lucas. Joining us today are the other three members of the four-man weave on the Deep 2 NBA podcast. We have Warriors fan of two years, Sean Carroll. More than two, bro. <laughs> oh, sorry, three. Uh, Stan of the eight, no sons, Dante Boffer. Cautiously optimistic. And for some reason, a Kings fan, Alessio Conte. Not cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we get to the rest of the episode, I've, I've Lucas has told me something about you guys, that you have a beef with our boy, Jeff Van Gundy. Why? Why do you have a beef with our boy Jeff? <laughs> Just listening to listening to the ESPN broadcast is literally like listening to like a JVG and Mark Jackson just like barroom banter. Except they're the two worst people in the entire world at banter. <laughs> <laughs> I take offense to that. <laughs> I I just have to I have to disagree with you. I have to disagree with you. I could listen to them all day. I reckon, I reckon he's, Jeff, he's a refreshing voice in sports broadcasting. He tells it how it is, and he, you guys find that intimidating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want it all dressed up in your, <laughs> in your nice little packages. Like, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> no, no, not, 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 um, not every rule needs to be changed in every game that, at all times. That's fair. It's a lot. That's <laughs> more than fair. It's a lot of rule changes. What are you guys going to do if Jeff Van Gundy like passes away and then people are looking for tributes and then... <laughs> <laughs> It'll work in our favor. Okay, okay. It's a big like, marketing they'll, they'll ploy. stick around and be like, oh, okay, well, it's not what we wanted, but like, it's basketball, so... Here <laughs> <laughs> I'm already listening to it. Uh, so take a big gulp, Sean, because you're up first. The Warriors have oh, the six. reverse <laughs> alphabetical order, I love it. Uh, um, so, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> Uh, well, if you don't interrupt me, I can tell you what I want you to do. The, the Warriors have the second pick this uh, in this draft, and they obviously have championship aspirations. What do you want to see from them going to the draft and free agency? Um, nothing, nothing sexy. Like I literally think that there's nothing sexy out there for them to do. And like obviously having the the second overall pick, having Steph, Clay, and Draymond on your team, everyone's going to be saying, "All right, so Wiggins is a salary. We've got the second overall pick. We've got not much else apart from those guys. Uh, can we like swing a trade for Bradley Beal or Joel Embiid? Or you know, it just slowly gets worse until you start talking about Derrick Rose and then." You really need to take a deep breath and say, "All right, let's let's stop this conversation. And just say, why don't we just convert the pick for Lamelo Ball, a best player available?" And um, what what I want them to do is just sit still, draft the player. I I don't claim to watch college or know anything about college basketball or anything about Denny Avija, and I don't think many people do in this world anyway. But I don't claim to know anything about those guys, and I don't have I don't have an inside scoop that 
you know, I think that, look, James Wiseman is a guy that's going to like average 30 points as a rookie and, and bring us to our, what, what's this, fourth championship. Um, so I think just convert it. And it's not like the guy, if we do draft, they're not going to be absolute shit, fingers crossed. And we can trade them at the trade deadline where there's probably going to be more than Bradley Beal on the trade market, hopefully. Um, especially coming off a pretty lackluster free agency, which we're about to watch. I think sit still, get through this. Um, but unfortunately, when it comes to sitting still, we actually have to do make a move because look, coronavirus has happened. The world's gone to shit. And the most important factor of the coronavirus is the MBS salary cap decreasing potentially a little bit, which could have impacts on the luxury, ta- on the luxury tax and where that levels up. And re- if, if it does stay at the projected number that it was before the world went to crap, we are going to have to move off one of our big salaries. So that could be a big trade, getting rid of Andrew Wiggins and like downgrading that position for a Joe Ingles type, you know, lesser player on much less money or moving off Kevon Looney. So what is going to happen? It's so boring. I'd hate, to, I'd hate to, to kill your podcast early, but we're going to convert the pick. We're just going to grab a guy and say, look, if you look, they've just done it with, um, they've just done it with, D'Angelo Russell, we, we drafted him, said he's going to be the shooting guard, backup point guard of the future, talked him up, sold some jerseys, and then just shipped him off like six months later, which is beautiful because I love that. Um, so why can't we do that with Lamelo Ball or a James Wiseman or whoever? You know, Dante's, Dante's the college guy that I like to go to for that, even though James Wiseman played eight games. Um, but yeah, I think there is going to be, if there is a trade, it's a Kevon Looney trade, and it's going to be a dump like attaching him with Jordan Poole or a second round pick just to get off his salary and then fill out the roster with minimums and hope that the allure of Golden State and the new arena is enough to build a championship team around the greatest point guard of all time. Nice. Uh, for someone that said, sit still, you talked for a pretty long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, well no, I've got, I've got, I think three things. First, I like what you said about the draft. There's like half of the rookies that get picked for the rookie game every year no one would have picked going into the season. No one was. No one picked Kendrick Nunn to be top three for rookie of the year. Uh, and you can't pick it, man. Like They're playing against people that are 22 and under, or they're playing in Europe, and no one gives a flying fuck about what's happening in Europe. Uh, and, yeah, I think picking, making the pick and then getting the team that's selling a superstar at uh, the All-Star break is a really smart move and is a, definitely a smart like warrior-type move. It's really annoying because you guys have just, the last five years have just been so good. And then that's because you've just been making right move after right move after right move. And I think that seems like the right move. Uh, but yeah, whatever you guys do with this second pick is going to be, it's going to blow, like, blow everyone away. You're going to make the right decision. Just and, not chess. <laughs> uh, and, but you guys are a championship like contending team without making moves and drafting the second pick you do have the best uh, point guard of all time i'm not going to refute you on that he changed the game uh that mvp season was i mean people hated on him and i got to witness a 30.6 assists five rebound season if those are the stats with five made threes 50 percent, 45 90 percent. like i'm so glad i was a fan that season and not a hater yeah, yeah. Um, and compare that to this year, which is like pretty, <laughs> like obviously a lot of injuries and a lot of asterisks or asterisks are, I think we never actually resolve that in the four-man weave. But yeah, there's, I cannot wait for basketball next year and to watch these guys come back. Mm, I, I think as a non-Warriors fan, the scariest thing is just how much of an unknown 
the Warriors feel like going into this season. Like, you don't know if they're just going to come straight out the gate and, like, take a hold of the league again. Um, and, yeah, like, every time you every time you discuss, like, who's going to be going for the chip um, next year, like, you just keep forgetting the Warriors are still there with, like, with like such a solid core. Um, and, yeah, there's going to be a massive threat. I guess uh, in this circumstance you're talking about where you, you know, take that second pick, what sort of player would you be looking to add? Um, I so you say that Golden State is a title contender, and, and I'm in the same boat. But it is dependent a lot on Draymond Green being good at basketball. Because while we haven't watched Stephen Clay in a year, Draymond Green, we did watch him, and I had to watch him, and I now know <laughs> what it's like to be a Kings fan. Because wow, it's just bad basketball, and um, that Cheap could have been off it. <laughs> Jesus, all for it. <laughs> a god. It could have been effort and it could have been age and it's really sucks that it was the first year of his four year extension. So I'm like, Oh fuck, I really hope this isn't one of those hope this isn't one of those dudes where he's just cashed out. Like if he <laughs> retires today, he's he's a shout for the Hall of Fame if you don't think he's already in there. So it's like I really hope he's motivated to come in and be the Draymond Green because we need him to guard um, Anthony Davis and, and Nikola Jokic. So answering your question, if we can draft anyone, whether that's trading down and drafting or drafting um, just someone that can like help Draymond or either piss him off to motivate him or like if he's, if Draymond isn't Draymond, we're not going to replace him with a pick and a bad draft or bad draft, but yeah, uh, hopefully just someone to, to spur on Draymond enough. So maybe that is Lamelo, and then Lavar's on the sideline, just yelling at him, yelling at him and Draymond every day. And that'll help. Uh, I think best case scenario for Draymond is though, you know, he is Mr. Triple single. He's <laughs> best fit around the two best shooters of all time when he just sets screens plays as a tertiary playmaker slips a screen and gets some dunk with his shoulders by his ears and hypes up the crowd pounds his chest finishes the game with those two points uh so yeah i think you saw him next to 33 percent field goal percentage 29 percent three-point shooter jordan pool and now that's the third time we've talked about jordan pool on this podcast and i'm not happy about it nah, it wouldn't be a warriors the- chat without jordan pool <laughs> Uh, does anyone have any qualms with what Sean said going into the Warriors free agency period? I'll take that as no, a I, think I think you're right oh. on Sean. I think I think it's gonna it's not gonna be it's not gonna be sexy. Um and especially in a draft like this where everyone's saying it's gonna be a crapshoot um for the lottery, you know, whether you do end up taking someone like Lamella or Wiseman or Denny Avidia or you know, like any any of the other fourteen guys who are supposed to go in the first half of the first round, it's not probably not going to like knock anyone's socks off. But I think the the asset play in the exact same way that you mentioned with Delo is is the way to go here. Mm-hmm. And we do have a trade exception um, after the Iguodala trade to fit in a salary of around his number, which was like seventeen mil. And you know, the thing that people brought up as soon as Andre Iguodala got traded was, hey, he can come right back because he's getting paid relatively the same amount of money, which I've seen him in the finals. Like he, he is balding. He is an old elderly gentleman, but like a guy that I would really love, which again, it's not sexy. Is someone like Rudy Gay or Thaddeus Young, or probably that's just about it. Just another guy, just another body to come in there and at a, at a position of value. And look, if it's Rudy Gay, we've got another guy coming off a career ending knee, career ending knee injury next to Clay. So maybe you can teach him how to come back better than before. <laughs> Slim pickings. Uh, and Bubble Booker in the Phoenix Suns. Dante, what have you got for us? What have you got going into free agency? 
The roster's reasonably set. I think the only two question marks is is Saric is coming up for free agency. Um, so the question there is, you know, do we bring him back? And, and if we do, what does that number look like? I would be of the, the mind that we should bring him back, but at a reasonable price. Like, I, I don't think we should um, commit more than 12 a year, like maybe a, um, a four-year 48 or something something in that ballpark. Otherwise, it's just diminishing returns for a guy who is a great rebounder and kind of like tertiary playmaker, but so limited offensively, sorry, athletically, that it... Um, it's sometimes comical. You're like he he might be the worst athlete in the NBA. Like I don't think I've ever seen him get clearance off the ground. Um, and then you know we we've thrown assets and assets and assets at backup point guard the last two or three years, and none of it's worked. Um, we drafted Ty Jerome at the end of the first last year. He was bad as a rookie, but then bubble campaign comes in after being bad for the last like six years on ten different teams, and it turns out that you know. He's probably coming for Steph as the greatest point guard of all time based on that <laughs> bubble performance. So I think I think backup point then becomes the question. A lot of the mock drafts have been linking us to um, taking a, a backup point type at ten, um, but that would change if if the coaching staff thinks that campaign is kind of the real deal. Which I'm not going to be the person to pitch my tent on campaign hill. I'm going to just probably wait and wait and see. And then other than that, you know, you know all the the power players. It's all-star Booker, you know, Ubre, um, Bridges and Johnson on the wing, and then Aiton and Rubio. And, you know, no one's going anywhere. Yeah, big time. It was pretty annoying how well this team fits together, actually. Uh, yeah. Like, this season, although you guys didn't make the playoffs, you, you started, I think you, you started well, if my memory serves me correctly. And, yeah, you guys fit really well next to each other. And, I mean, they, DeAndre Aiton will always be in the same draft as Luka Doncic, obviously. But he's a gun. Like, he's a fucking gun. He's a really good basketball player. And he kind of flies under the radar, which is pretty crazy for someone that went first. Yeah, the big the big number one. He he got so much better from his second season, um, from his first to his second, especially on D, um, where I think he actually, you know, looking forward, can be the anchor of a pretty good, a pretty good D. The thing with him though is just like it's literally like I don't have much hair, but I'm I'm tearing it out watching him watching him shoot these fadeaway seventeen footers without ever taking a bounce. Um, that that's the big thing for him. I think it's just shot selection, which for a dude that's literally got like one of the biggest physical profiles in the league. Like he's like seven foot two fifty with a wingspan that's you know like as long as a fucking a three eighty. He he just needs to like put his head down and get to the basket instead of you know, pretending that he's one of these like finesse pull-up wings. He shoots, he shoots his pull-ups like Westbrook, which is to say not very well. <laughs> uh, and you'll, I'll have you know that the King, uh, Knicks expert that we had on this pod is quoted saying, we are going to throw the kitchen at Dario Saric, the kitchen sink at Dario Saric. <laughs> so you might yeah, have so a, you'll be good there. You'll be in a bidding war. <laughs> I would just say, don't let the kitchen sink hit you on the way out. If that's what it's <laughs> <laughs> if they're throwing if they're throwing Bobby Porter's money at Sturridge, you just take him. <laughs> Dante, would you classify would you still like mistake's probably the wrong word, but surely you you still take Doncic, right? Surely. <laughs> no, no, no question. But but like like right. Luke's mentioned, the rest of the team fits really well together. And you know, like Doncic conversation aside, which is obviously, you know, it's not really a conversation, of course you take him if you can get him, but 
we've got on the wing now three really good versatile players who can slide between the the two and the four in Bridges, Ubre and Cam Johnson and they all, you know, bring unique skill sets, but they're all pretty good on D, pretty good on O and around, you know, like a good point guard, uh, a potentially dominant big man and all-star shooting guard. Like the the pieces do fit really well. So I, I would, you know, I'd love to be celebrating that Luka Doncic step back against the Clippers if he was playing on my team, but I, I'm not like mad about the way that it's kind of shaken out in terms of the way that they've they've put everything together. Uh, and it's pretty hard to get a capable seven-footer, especially at 21. But we might never see another player like Luka Doncic. Alessio, tell us how it is to be a Kings fan. What do you have to look forward to going um, into this free agency period? Yeah, Dante didn't want to have a Doncic conversation, and I do. So <laughs> I let us, I let us swear on this pod. Can I, can I swear? I think yeah, we already have a couple yeah. of times. Oh, no, actually, only me and Marco can swear. Yeah? Uh, yeah, no, guess okay, not. You can cut the square word in here. Um, what the F is is my team? Seriously. Holy crap. I am so sick of buying League Pass and then like actually like getting somewhat excited and then watching any of the games. I'm so freaking sick of it. Now I'm actually not swearing. I said freaking. Oh um, You're allowed to swear. Our best swear. lineup, our best lineup, like bar none, um, no arguments because I'm the only person in, out of the five of us that actually watched any Kings games this year is... Fox, Bogdanovich, Barnes, Bialica, Holmes, one through five. Mm. And that is, and it's like not even close. Um, Buddy Heald, I have two Buddy Heald jerseys um, for sale. I'm taking offers, <laughs> bids starting at 50 cents per. Um, don't ask why I have two. It's okay. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> Again, I'm not answering the question. Um, apparently, he's not returning Luke Walton's calls. Um, not sure Luke Walton's a good coach. Um, sorry, did you say what did I have to look forward to, Lucas? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, what are we? <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah. Uh, um, I think if if I wanted to put on my Monty McNair hat, the new general manager, and you messaged in the group chat for the deep two regarding how he sort of reshuffled the um the entire front office, and I was just like depressed about it because it doesn't matter it doesn't matter we could reshuffle we're going to reshuffle it again in two years he could be like i, I don't know man uh what, what have i got written here Corey joseph 24 million over the next two um new front office might be more analytical but we perpetually suck anyway so it doesn't matter <laughs> um lebron dumped luke walton as soon as he could and the only reason we think he's good is because of his warrior streak which was because of steve kerr not because of luke walton um, actual exciting thing is if we can somehow manage to dump like nine a hundred million dollars of Buddy Heald to whoever the hell would take it, and then give that money to Bogdanovich, who would probably just become shit as soon as he signs. The <laughs> <laughs> um, my the the rumors are that Bogdanovich and the Bucks have a mutual interest. Um, and fair enough, you mentioned in our last four-man weave, I believe, that the Bucks need a person that can create and Bogdanovich <laughs> is actually super-duper good at that. Um, issue is they don't have any money, which means they would probably have to trade for him. And the supposed trade piece that we'll get in return is Dante DiVincenzo, who spells his name wrong twice <laughs> because Dante is with an A 
right? First of all, Dante doesn't exist. That's ridiculous. And Di Vincenzo needs to have a space between D and Vincenzo, <laughs> but they, he puts he puts it together, but still capitalizes the V. So I've got no time for him. Um, but for the sake of it, I hope Bogdanovich goes to the Bucks because I would love to watch him play good basketball for a good team. <laughs> Uh, and for some reason, Dante Vincenzo's ranger. <laughs> yes, correct. That, is that, that as well. So, what's his nickname? He's got some Eagle. nickname that's like Ginger something. Uh, I'll look. I'll look it up. Uh, right it's going to be like Ginger Jesus, Ginger Vinch, Ginger Da Vinci, <laughs> Ginger Da Vinci. That would be uh, so, Big Ragu. Yeah, Big, big Ragu. Ragu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, none of those Kings lineups had. Well, that Kings lineup didn't have Marvin Bagley. No. Okay, Margo. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> he, um, yeah, uh, on the Doncic conversation. Are you joking? Are you like actually serious? Oh. They, the, the, the thing that came out like as they were drafting is like, oh, the Phoenix coach is the Slovenian national team coach. What's his name, Dante? Igor Kokoshkov. Kokoshkov. Yeah, so it's like, oh, maybe they have the inside news. Like maybe this Luka kid's not worth it. Uh, so they don't take him at number one. And then, like, you should just draft him at two. What a ridiculous move. Like, him and De'Aaron Fox can't exist on the court at the same time. Trade De'Aaron Fox. Like, <laughs> what? I can't understand the thought process if you're a European general manager and you don't draft the best thing to come out of Europe. Like, what's the... That's Divac, by the way. Um, who's now also not a, no longer a part of the Kings organization, if that wasn't uh, abundantly clear. Um, I don't think Bagley's that good at basketball. He's got bunnies um, for the 47 minutes that he gives you in a game and a half. So it's 35 minutes in game one and then 12 in game two before he does his leg again, ankle, knee, whatever, um, I don't care. I'm sick yeah. of it. Can't shoot threes. That's why Bielitz is <laughs> in our best sort of starting five. Um, and I just sort of find myself thinking like all of these players deserve better. <laughs> and that's pretty much where that's pretty much where I'm at. Like Bielitsa was on the Timberwolves and he was like whatever. And then he cut and then we, we sort of pay him like I think it was a two year sixteen or something. And you watch him play and it's like, oh, he's actually a sneaky good defender. And he's like a really good Ilyasova. And like if the Bucks flipped him in Ilyasova, I reckon they'd be like better than they already are. Um Holmes busts his ass, Barnes. Yeah, I don't know, Sean, you can comment on Harrison Barnes, Harry Barnes if you want. It's just like, I'm, I'm so sick of watching this. So if you need That's me to sad, comment bro. on anything else, but by all means, throw some names out there. Dante, if you want to back up point guard, Corey Joseph's only worth $24 million, um, which is probably $24 million too much for anyone's cap. Yeah. Uh, exciting things for the season. Darren Fox is going to get at least $150 million. Up, uh, up to 180, and that's great because then we'll probably flip him before we flip Buddy Hield. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Rashawn Holmes is this center build that I love right now, like the Christian Wood, Nerlens Noel, really like quick on their feet center. And then I don't know if they can shoot threes or if they just get wide open shots. And you know, 33% in wide open threes is really, 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 really bad. Uh, but yeah, they just build it really athletic, can defend everyone, and yeah, I've, I've loved Rishwan Holmes in, uh, since he was in Phoenix, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and Buddy Heald seems to be liking every Twitter 
Instagram, Facebook post he can to just drive his stock down and down and down. So the team he goes to next just doesn't have to give up anything for him just to compound all yeah. your issues. He He's a very uh, he's a very emotional, not-so-young man. I would say young considering how long he's been in the league, but he's was 26 and then miraculously turned 27 the next day because his birth certificate was wrong. or so They misread his birth certificate. I don't know if anyone remembers that story, but he literally aged a whole year because they stuffed up the... They counted the date wrong. So now he's a whole year older than we thought he was. So, um, yeah. Well, he, I don't know if that's a king or an MVP. He's going to be 28 yeah. when the season well, what, what starts what and he's only does played he play four like? years. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I was on the Deep 2 pod and we spoke about where the Kings go and how sort of we're cap-tied. I still can't answer the question because if we trade Buddy and sign Bogey, then you just sort of transfer the money over. And then it's... Fox 5180, let's say, or 150, just for the sake of saving money. Um, Bogey's going to be like 4100, maybe ish. You know, it'd be the same as the Buddy deal. Barnes is getting like 16, 17 a year. Bagley, assuming you re sign him, is going to get what, 15 a year? I don't even know what he's worth because he doesn't play basketball. Yeah, I can't comment. He they, needs to be um, a center, but for some reason they, they drafted forward. him as a power forward center to play small forward <laughs> who can't shoot threes or defend small forwards. Uh, listen, I got two issues. I got one with Dante and oh, no, no, not an issue like with Sean. Jesus, I got an issue bro. with the Suns though. You guys need to get rid of Ricky Rubio. He's the wor- he's the most oh, he's not the most boring, but he is up there with some of the most the hardest people to get behind. His shot put shot is just disgraceful. He told Donovan Mitchell that Fieber is a more physical game, then proceeded to flop his way through that entire Olympics. Uh, so, who are you going to get to replace him, Dante? Can I just can I just comment, please? <laughs> you you said that like someone who hasn't watched like the last five years of Suns point guards because <laughs> <laughs> if you had watched the dudes who was rolling out on the court for the Suns, Ricky Rubio looks like Jesus. <laughs> like, he's like the messiah he's like the messiah <laughs> he does look like Jesus. um i think um i think he's he's such a a drastic improvement uh, improvement over, over what we had before and you look at all the other dudes on the roster they're all garbage um but i mean if, if we're looking at replacement i've heard that maybe we could be in for van vliet but i wouldn't want van vliet at 20 a year when you've already got rubio at 17 and then you know, the two names that come up in the draft is uh, is Killian Hayes, who the ringer has really high, but everybody else has about 10. And then Tyrese Halliburton, who I think is from Iowa, who who's mocked in about that 5 to 14 range. I mean, need, like, regardless of, of if, we, if we bring one of those guys in, they're not going to be better than Rubio in year one. So... Um, I think Rubio is going to be here no matter what. And I would honestly, you know, again, go back to telling what, what hair I do have out um, if, if we got rid of him and brought in someone like Van Vliet on big money. Nice. That was a much better answer. That's my I take. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to rip into you a bit. And uh, Sean, let's say the Timberwolves come to you and they say, Cat, Yes, no, Russell. yes, whatever you're about to say, man. <laughs> huh? No, go on, go on. Cat, D'Angelo, Russell, and pick one for Clay and Wiggins. And no, yeah, Clay and Wiggins. 
yes. Um, because I listen to a lot of Warriors pods because I'm a horrible human being. Sorry, sorry, and... sorry, sorry. Uh, Stefan, Stefan Wiggins. I, I messed oh, up. Oh, no, you don't, you don't, you don't trade Steph. No, no. You trade anyone but Steph with the asterisk that you trade Clay to get Giannis or Cat. That's the only two people you give up Clay for to get Giannis and Cat. Other than that, Steph's untouchable and Clay is, yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't get Kevin Love for him anymore. Um, we are past that. Clay is. Clay is untouchable apart from those two. And you probably could get Kevin Love for him. You just wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you definitely get Kevin Love for him now. I mean, I was just harping back to the, to the old trade. Uh, and the Timberwolves would probably counter for Johnny Flynn or Ricky Rubio instead. Hey! <laughs> Zingers. Uh, Johnny Flynn was the best Melbourne United player I ever saw. <laughs> you never saw old Hakeem Warwick. <laughs> Didn't Josh Childress come out for a little bit as well? Yeah, I think he was Sydney. The one game I saw Josh Childress play live uh, was the game he like punched, like shirt front of the guy or shirt front of the ref or something. And I was like, shit, I got to watch more NBL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I just ask a lesser um, question? Um, Stauskas? <laughs> um, let's move on. No. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you fire it? How do you fire an owner? <laughs> How do you? Now, I, <laughs> in 2012, they they released like the, uh, the city of Sacramento with uh, former Phoenix Sun superstar Kevin Johnson did this massive. It was like a documentary, and they really pressed to keep the team in the city. And you know, the documentary was like really cool, and it was super. The 2013 season or 12, 13, whatever season it was, when they came back and the crowd was really cool all season we still sucked but you know whatever it was like nice to have this sort of hype behind a team staying in a city um if i had a time machine the first thing i would do was go back and move sacramento to seattle far out i think that's the third time we've moved a team yeah yeah seattle have gotten their team back <laughs> yeah, a yeah, lot of times yeah i actually have three teams now. <laughs> yeah, yeah what the jazz the kings <laughs> and maybe the blazers and maybe well. the blazers and maybe the blazers uh, all right does anyone have anything that they want to say before uh, time runs out <laughs> in a, later, in a very literal Cole, sense. Cole Anthony with your draft pick, not worth it as a backup point guard, as a UNC player? I think I said halfway through the college season I wouldn't touch him with the 10-foot pole. I don't feel quite as strong about that, but he's going to get drafted by someone who puts him in, uh, in a situation as a league guard and then... It's going to be halfway through the season and he's shooting 41% from the field and he's averaging 2.9 assists. You know, get like pretty much like the Darius Garland treatment and people are going to be like, mm, damn, this actually isn't particularly good. Um, so, no, good if you need buckets off the bench, not if you need like a, a facilitator. Yeah, and uh, it seems like the he had a lot of hype in high school and it seems like the players that had hype in high school, but then their uh, stock just keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. I, I, yeah, I would say avoid them at all costs. He he was good at UNC. Like he was, he, he played really well, and he did exactly what his, you know, like player archetype is supposed to do. And they scored a lot. He can score from anywhere on the the court, but he he's not a a playmaker for others. And he has questionable shot selection, which is going to make people just 
so mad. Like it's, you know, and he's not big enough or good enough at other things where you say, well, yeah, he jacks, you know, six stupid mid-rangers a game, but he's 6'5 and can defend both guard spots and grab six boards a game. Like he's, he's little. Um, he looks like J. Cole. He's probably about as tall as J. Cole. So with the physical profile. So, <laughs> you know, I know J. Cole's got hops when he plays at the celebrity game, but not with the 14th pick. All right. We're running out of time. But uh, just quickly, all three of you, how do you see this division ending up? Um, you know, Lakers, Clippers, can the Warriors take the first spot? Alessio, do you want to start? King, Kings like three um, or four? <laughs> Kings, yeah, it'll go Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Kings. But I'm not comfortable about two and three or one for the sake of <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's going to answer Draymond like that. Coasts, <laughs> if Draymond coasts, um, you know, and just they sink a couple games for the sake of it and then just sort of pop off in the playoffs, so that's, you know, no surprise. Uh, sh- uh, let's go to the Warriors kind of correspondent then. <laughs> uh, yeah, Warriors, Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Kings. But again, if Draymond isn't good at basketball, then yeah, but... One thing I do want to end on is that Michael Mulder is going to be this season's sorry, like this season's um, Duncan Robinson. Damn, that just needs an emoji and it's a Bleacher Report headline. Might not be as crazy as you think. <laughs> Chestnut checkers. <laughs> Dante. Uh, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Suns, Kings, and there's going to be, uh, I think, a pretty big, pretty big um, gap between between three and four, mm. and four and five, <laughs> and four yeah. and five. <laughs> yeah, the Kings seems to be one of the teams you can't make a case for making the playoffs in the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> we tried it last year. Yeah, had, we yeah. really tried. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> Trust me, we had. I um, I think we were like 38 wins the season before, and I was like, you know what? We'll get close to it. We'll get around that. <laughs> Maybe uh, even more. Uh, I, dis- I think we shouldn't have been invited to the bubble. Oh, don't say that. Don't be so hard. No, but see, that's the thing is like, as a Pelicans fan, I was really, really, really like riding on you guys being like being bad in those two games. And like, you couldn't even get that right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Can't get anything right. Uh, I feel like the thing with the Warriors, I don't think they'll be first. I think they'll. I think it'll be a fifty-eight game season if it is four months, uh, and I think that it'll take a bit of time just to get like game fitness that the Lakers and the Clippers already have, and just regelling with Wiggins, um, and just regelling together because it has been like a year since they've played together. Yeah, but Steph's taken a year off, like LeBron took a year off last year, so. <laughs> Two MVPs. Six uh, more years. Fully rested. Pat Bev was wrong. The next five steps. Yeah, Pat Bev's always wrong. Uh, we'll, we'll stop it right there. Pat Beverly not only has... Hmm, how do I word this? Pat Beverly can't only stop your best point guard, but he can stop this podcast. <laughs> thanks for joining us, guys. This yeah, is fun. thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having Cheers. us, boys. You've been listening to an episode of the Jeff Van Gundy NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Lucas Petridis and Marco Holden Jeffrey. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and Twitter at JVG NBA. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one.